Hello and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. I'm here with Matt and Eric. Hello, Matt and Eric. Hello. Hello there. Hello. Uh, Matt and Eric are Americans, and they've come in this evening to talk about their podcast, The Goblin's Corner. Matt and Eric, tell us about your podcast, The Goblin's Corner. You want to rock, paper, scissor this one, Matt, or should I start? Ah, go ahead. Uh, we are a podcast devoted to teaching other people how to play better games, and that's either for character work or storytelling, if you're a GM or a DM, how to get better at just playing D&D, playing Shadowrun, playing any type of online game or TTRPG. Our first several episodes are all about getting started, and now we've started moving into things like world building and how to make a space that people can play in for storytellers, as well as doing some introductions to a bunch of different games. And it's really informative. The thing about city building, I, listen to, I mean, some of these things kind of speak to me in the sense that some of the stuff we work on for our Age of Worms story, we are going to be going into a city environment soon and your city episode is really interesting and it made me feel really nervous about how little how underprepared i was <laughs> and also your stuff about kind of jamming styles i just think it's a really interesting show um, i would recommend all of our readers to check out the goblins corner um thanks matt thanks eric thank you anytime uh, don't forget to rate or review uh, or subscribe on your podcast app of choice you can find us on twitter at billowing hilltoe or on facebook and i have nothing else to say except close your eyes open your mouth and prepare yourself for episode 29 of the billowing hilltop podcast wormy wrapping hood Good evening, everybody. Good, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Hey, Welcome. Good evening. Uh, where, where tonight's beer, by the way, is a Ludlow Gold. Uh, it is citrusy. It is piney. I just is, like to know one a, thing, Mike. Yes. Have you drunk the beer I bought last weekend? Paul, the beer you drunk last week is garbage. Uh, oh, you really? bought two <laughs> beers. One called Juice Forsyth. And oh, one called you, uh, one called Juice Springsteen. You bought two cans of each. One can of each is still in the fridge. Uh, the other two next cans time have, been, have been sampled. They have been judged, and they have been found wanting. Yeah, down the uh, I basically remember, like I one old them. warm orange orange squash. Yeah. Yes, I left one of in your grandmother's sock. Hey, for a week. <laughs> they were under recommendation. <laughs> yeah, but not from me. It was anyway, from the cheese society. Paul. Paul, it's shit beer, so it's it, you can have it. I'll send it to you. Put, no, actually, what happens is next time we do anything social, um, I'll be like, "Hey, I've got some beers." Um, so Ludlow Gold is delicious. It is citrusy. It is bitter. It is an English, uh, very bright, crisp, traditional pale ale. Yum yum. I have got Big Smoke Bruco Poolside. It's called Poolside Dry Hopped mm. Pilsner. It's very ah, nice. Okay, my local brewery. Nothing wrong with a Pilsner. I've got a no. nice hot cup of tea. Unless it's yes. Camden Hells. No. And some sweet and salty... Uh, Camden Town Brewery is a perfectly reasonable brewery until they went to the dark side. They did. What, with Camden Hells? What's wrong with Camden Hells? I love Camden Hells. They're the official beer of Arsenal Football Club Bonds. Oh, crap, I can't <laughs> drink it anymore. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> you have to... And when you drink it, you have to remember, North London is red. That's what that disgusting... <laughs> that's that funny, nasty aftertaste. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's all yeah. a bit smelly, actually. <laughs> yeah. Dad, yeah. did petty. you just say you love that beer? <laughs> well, I used to. That's yeah. going when I was into a, the episode. When I was a child and I knew no better. Don't you've changed allegiances football-wise almost as fast as Paul, who <laughs> made his way with extraordinary rapidity through Charlton Athletic... Well, anyway. Um, 
Where were we? Where we left Brew Dog, obviously, is much better. Uh, where, where we left things were. Where we left Arsenal things. No, so, no, not Brew Dog. Um, uh, Beaver Town, which is the partner of Tottenham Hotspur. You can tell I'm a beer aficionado, can you? All or nothing turned out to be nothing. Again. Um, where we left things, our greedy heroes had left Hesty Testapod and Bugraft the Barbarian asleep by the fire at Garm's farm, where they'd fought some bugbears and looked like they disturbed some sort of illicit Calamanthus deal between the monks of the Twilight Monastery, uh, Parker's uh, alma mater, and uh, the Outsplinter family, uh, Cuthbert's uh, employers. Um, and they think that they disturbed a drug deal that the bugbears had kind of interrupted uh, they killed the bugbears and then they found the tracks of a bugbear leading off into the darkness and they've despite the fact that Hesty has been talking about uh, gr- giant uh, mythic dark threats to the uh, freedoms and uh, civilization of all men and the rise of a new uh, age of worms and the Ebon Triad and a search for the Rod of Seven Parts and Kios the undead uh, a bringer of death. They decided that instead they'd chase after this bugbear through the forest in the middle of the night, which they've done, and it looks like they might have found the bugbear that they were chasing. Yeah. But that in the intervening period between them uh, starting off on the bugbear chase and uh, resolving the bugbear chase, the bugbear had itself been chased by something nasty because the bugbear is now writhing with segmented green worms and I'd just like, like a horrible. I'd just like to point out this is all Burple's fault. How? Why? Well, I mean, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be standing next to you about to face this. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. So I just, I just, sorry, Mike, carry on. So this bugbear that you've been tracking, if it is the same one, is uh, in a sorry state. It's sort of shambling towards you rather than charging at you. Um, it's left shoulder. I think I've got this right. Continuity purposes, that might not be right. Its left shoulder is dislocated. Its right hand is like in a kind of clawed rictus kind of grip thing, which is kind of leveled at you. It has these green worms crawling all over its surface uh, and crawling emerging from its eye sockets and its mouth. Uh, It's a deeply unpleasant thing. Now, you've heard rumours about these so-called unkillable undead uh, uh, infested with these green worms out in the wilderness. It looks like you're about to get your first taste of what one of them might be like. Now, you're all aware. So let's roll initiative. But the first thing that we need to do is resolve from last time. We need to resolve Burple's readied action, which is a hold person spell. Yeah, let's that do it. Won't work. <clears throat> let's have a win. The bugbear. Wisdom save for DC hold undead. Yeah. Okay. So rolling a wisdom save for the bugbear. I roll a thirteen. Uh, which, uh, were it not an academic question, um, would be a let's have a look, caller. Was that a wisdom save? They get, what was the DC? 14. They made that save. Um, let's roll initiative. initiative. Not that it matters. Uh, I get a, oh, okay. Purple gets a 15. Parker gets a 6. Purple gets a 15. Parker gets a six. Yeah. So that's a nine. So Parker gets a nine. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Cuthbert, Cuthbert gets a, rolls an 18, gets a 21. 21 for Cuthbert. Okay. Uh, sessions? Uh, 10 for 11. Oh, sorry. 10 for 13. 
Uh, sessions on 13. Let's start with Cuthbert on 21. You are about uh, 20. You're about 40 or so feet away from this thing, which has taken notice of you. It's reached up its kind of rictus clawed hand and pointed at you, and it looks unhappy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The thing is, is that I could just run away. Could? Yep. Like Parker? I could run away and <laughs> just stand close to Sessions who's not that far away but that'd be leaving Burple well I gambled and I don't leave my friends in need but Burple's going before this thing so I'm going to go and stand by Sessions that's what I'm going what, to so do. you're sort of darting back through the undergrowth towards <laughs> Sessions <laughs> yes. who's hiding behind a rock no. yes okay there we go brave brave Sir Cuthbert brave brave uh, Burple, you're left standing by yourself mm. as this thing crashes towards you. What do you want to do? Oh, is it me? So, does this thing have a uh, have a it's purse? About Fifty feet away from you. Give me a perception check. A perception check coming right. Perception check of fourteen. Uh, fourteen's not bad. Okay, so it is wearing some kind of hide armor. Mm. Uh, it's not carrying any weapons. Yes, you might be able. Well, no, it's got a. It's got something kind of you think stuffed into the belt of its hide armor that may not be a purse. It might be something, some kind of little sack or some kind of little bundle. Right. Um. <laughs> oh, cock. Um. <laughs> it could be a bundle worth a very large amount. I think it's uh, you know. Getting well, I'm thinking mage steak, hand. isn't it? Hmm. I'm thinking mage hand, but mage hand has a range of thirty feet. So do I hang around, wait for it to come close, cast the mage hand, hope that I can lift this thing off it, and then we hightail it out of here, or not? That's an interesting plan. I think we want to lure it a little bit more. Hmm. And this terrain is normal terrain? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not going to get into it. I think it's not, it's not difficult terrain, it's just forest floor. So assuming a move of 60 feet, I'm going to edge back. Sorry, bear with me a second. So, oops. Purple is getting out his back. The odd Purple's getting out his what? the light. What? Purple's <laughs> getting back out his, towards the cluster. Purple's getting out his laser rangefinder. Yes. His theodolite and his tape measure. And he is uh, just getting his tape measure. He's going to the bugbear saying, would you mind holding one end of this? Uh, and he's uh, paying out the ticker. Sorry, paying out the tape. No, he's he not. Feel- he's just moving back, estimating rough distances and oh, and okay. speeds. It's all in the and, spirit of fun. And, yeah. and yeah. he is going... So that's a move. And then I'm going to ready to cast Mage Hand should he move within 30 feet. Okay, I understand what you want to do. Uh, next it is sessions. Wow, this is very disappointing. My cosy, cosy, hidey place <laughs> is now crowded with stomping colleagues. Um, so I think obviously I will uh, find a new place to hunker uh, down. I'll just step back a little bit away from the crowd. So sessions basically. <laughs> Abandoning his hiding place and hiding somewhere. Well, my hiding place is useless now. It's surrounded by clumping. By clumping. I'm just moving. Uh, it's surrounded Lucas, by clumping. Just, Lucas, I'm just moving you uh, where you should be. So, oh, I went um, off. Sorry, the wrong direction. Yeah. Okay. You did. I You're think right. This, the this kind of, of tree there. behind me. I'm going to move up and sort of 
hide by that, or at least sort of hunker down by that. And I'm also okay, going to so ready uh, a spell. Yes. Um, are you going to are you going to hide hide as and make a stealth check to hide? Um, is that an action? Can I do that move? I don't think so. As long as you only move half speed, it's just being sneaky. Yeah. Okay. We'll make a roll. Thirty foot. Um. Okay. So I'm going to try and um, duck down. See if I can. Uh, well, obviously, I'm so preoccupied with trying to find a good yeah. spot and sizing it up. My hide it's like of Carter eight. Burke. It's like Carter Burke in Aliens. Yeah, exactly. The tree, and then you turn your head, and there's one in there with you. Yeah. Uh, I, and I will ready. <laughs> I will ready my uh, tumbling dice to crash move, down kiddo. on it when it gets within range. Okay. Which is sixty uh, feet. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's. It's it, and it is going to crash towards you. Okay. It crashes straight towards purple. Uh, it can only get that far, and it's uh, round. Which is if just per- about within range of my um, crushing yeah. tumbling dice. Yeah. Well, do you want to do it? Oh, yeah. I've readied the action, so it's come in range. I'm definitely going to drop it on its head. Okay. But it needs well, to make a well, wisdom uh, DC 14 save. Okay. Uh, so this is the um, tumbling dice second. variant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wisdom save DC 14 rolls a Natural 20. 20. Okay, well... Soft. Well, it wouldn't laugh. It can't laugh off your spell without horrible worms coming out of its gorge and spattering onto the ground in front of it. Okay. Well, it doesn't. Um, yeah. Right. Brilliant. And it looks over at Burple, uh, and it makes a calculation. It can't make a calculation. It's a crazed, lethal, undead nastiness. Uh, what it does is it. No, that's it. That's all it can do. Uh, No, it's going to move again. It blunders up towards you. It can get to there. Uh, So it moves, it crashes forwards. So it can't, it it realises that it can't. It looks like it's considering something in its weird, tiny, evil, undead brain. But it considered it briefly and then decided to keep crashing towards you. So now you've got a ready in action for a mage hand spell, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I will um, try and lift this thing off its belt. Yeah. You can use your action to control the hand. You can use the hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door or container, stir or retrieve an item from an open container or pour the contents of, uh, of an, out of a vial. You can move the hand up to 30 feet each time you use it. The hand can't attack, activate magical items, carry more than 10 pounds. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so you're going to try and dislodge this purse from yeah. this thing. Okay. I'm hoping it's just slightly wedged in there and it's you, going to put it out. Do you want to do it? It's not really a sleight of hand check. It's more just a straightforward... Um, this thing has not got a strength thing. It's not It's not more than £10, this thing. It's a question of how much resistance there is, right? Mm. Uh, you just tell it what to do. Grab you the purse, use, bring it here. You can use the hand to manipulate an object. Stow or retrieve an item from an open container. I'm just trying to think if there's any role here. I mean, there has to be a role because it's not uh, a formality that you free this little bundle from being stuffed into the belt of this thing. On the other hand, I'm not quite sure what role to make because the mage hand has not got a strength score in and of itself. Yeah, so I'm going to use. Problem I've caused you. Uh, what is your um, score? your spell attack modifier. What is your spell casting modifier? It is um, your Eight. wisdom. 
Yeah, I but your wisdom. My wisdom is minus one. My ca my charisma. First oh, sorry, okay. charisma. I my my mistake. Is, sorry. My yes. charisma is plus three. And then your um, and your proficiency bonus is plus two. Yeah. Okay, so roll a d. 20. I don't know where that plus is. three shouldn't okay. it be plus three yeah plus three oh, fifth level, so I've got plus, plus six I've got plus six on my charisma save yeah okay I have a number in mind roll a d20 you're going to add six to that uh, and that is going to represent your okay. um here we go 18 okay that's good enough so the mage hand uh materializes within range uh, plucks at this bundle that's in the belt of this thing and successfully dislodges it and is when or, or grabs hold of it and is holding onto it and brings it back to me. Can it do that all in your readied action? I thought your readied action was just like a single. Well, it's the it's the spell. I mean, you can rule on that, but it says the hand can't attack. Um, hang on. You can move the hand up to 30 feet each time you use it. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's quite a lot, but I can't see why. It would seem churlish to deny it. So it gets near enough. You cast the spell. It appears next to it. It grabs the purse and brings it all back, all within your readied action. Fair enough. Okay. So the, the mage hand returns to you with this little... Um, it is. It, it's, not a, it's not a purse. It's like a dice bag. It's like a, it's like a slightly more kind of heavy hempen sack with a yeah. with a with a perfect size string. to hold loads of green worms yeah it might be yeah it seems to, does seem to be wriggling around does it uh no of course not it seems to be completely uh normal just that i check uh i don't think you've got time i think we've we've no, packed sure. quite we've packed quite a lot into your ready action i think you can only use the the hand on the next round oh graham what do you mean well you need to use an action to control the hand oh so the hand is still with the creature that appears Thanks, at the point you choose within the range, the hand lasts for the duration. So you can when use your so action, action to control, control the, hand. the hand. Yeah, yeah, which you can't. You don't have an action to control the hand. You had a ready action, and your ready action was the casting of the spell. So Graham is correct, and I wish that I'd been a little bit more assiduous. He's always there in the background. So Mage Hand requires two actions, basically, to do anything. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, it casts an action. It takes an action to cast, and it's an action to make it do stuff. So yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, you, it's appeared. Yes, and uh, it's appeared. That's all that happens. It's appeared next to it. It hasn't grabbed the thing. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna have to either go back and make that roll again. I think that seems rude. I think that seems cruel i think we can say that it's a given that you've you've made the, you know you're going to make the roll to, dis, to to dislodge it but it just won't happen in this sequence quite now right parker let's go back to parker because that's going to be a nightmare parker <laughs> <laughs> thank you okay as i said i'm moving a hundred foot you're running a hundred you're running a hundred feet back the way you came no i'm carrying on towards the noise a hundred feet okay make another perception check yeah, another perception check yeah these are these are worms with legs these are six-footed, really speedy running, running worms. So that's a ten for a twelve perception. Uh, that's pretty good. You think that this noise that you were pursuing, you couldn't work out exactly where it was or exactly how fast it was moving in relation to you last time you were kind of headed off after it. But now you think that it is moving quite rapidly, and your sense is that it's quite a not a small creature like a rabbit or a cat but maybe something like a wolf or something uh, and it's heading back up the stream at high speed you don't know that 
you're very difficult to tell whether or not you're catching up. Yep. Uh, and it is Cuthbert's round. Cuthbert might actually move to interpose in between Burple mm. and it. Mm. And is there such a thing in the system where we're running as fighting completely defensively, like you can dodge? dodge. You can spend your action dodging. It means that you don't take an attack, but that you're... I think, I think that foes attack a... you at disadvantage. Effectively, you're concentrating on your efforts on not being hit. Yes, that is what I will do. You, you've been concentrating Unless on the other game. We call it dancing. Assume that I'm going to move 30 foot south next, next well, round. Well, it's Burple's round. So you've got your action. You can... We know that you, you can successfully grab this thing out of this uh, creature's belt. Okay. And you can retrieve it with your action. Yeah. What else would you like to do? And then I'll you've move, move or you've got... 10, yeah. 20, 30 foot south. Back towards the stream. <laughs> Back towards the stream, away from the creature. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. But in the open. Uh, and I will say, but in the Lemon's Tiny Hut. Okay. Uh, sessions at the base of your tree hiding is it Leomond or is it Lemon? Are you shouting that as well? This thing <laughs> goes, I think it might be uh, Leomond. <laughs> I've Lemon. always wondered. Lemon's the funny pronunciation. I quite like it. Is it Hewitt or Howard that had the Abathek? <coughs> oh, my bugbear on dead voice causes me to cough. Mm. Sessions? Efficient. Is it me? Sessions. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, move towards Lemon's tiny hut. Well, you're going to move towards Burple? Yes. On the anticipation that he's about to cast a Lemon's tiny, tiny hut. hut. Yes, I believe he's going to cast Lemon's tiny hut. Mm. So I'll move uh, move right up to him. And then I will also rain down um, tumbling dice on, um, on that uh, evil undead creature. Okay, it's tumbling dice is the... It's not the same as clashing coin. It's not the spiritual weapon. It's the other one. No, it it's the same as clashing coin. It's the same as... It's the variant toll, of, toll the dead. Okay, uh, and what's the DC? Uh, 14 wisdom. Okay, and what's the damage? And what kind of damage is it? Uh, it's bludgeoning damage, and it's... Um... So it is crushing coin. Sorry. It is crushing coin. There are two versions right. of you crushing said, coin. You said tumble. So it's tumbling... Dice is the bludgeoning one. Crushing coin is the necrotic one. Get with the program, Mike. Obviously, it's really awful. I really am absolutely genuinely bewildered. Have you got more than one type of spiritual weapon? No, neither are spiritual weapons. Spiritual weapons. <laughs> These are cantrips. Right, and one of them is one of them was told the dead. Yeah, which I called crushing coin. Which you make a wisdom save. Yeah, and it doesn't do blood bludgeoning. It does damage. necrotic damage. Yeah, and then the other one is tumbling dice. Yeah, it's the same spell. It just does bludgeoning damage instead. Remember we discussed this. No, we had crushing coin has always been <laughs> your reskinning of spiritual weapons. No, 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 no. Crushing, <laughs> crushing coin is. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yes, I'm a hundred percent correct. You all, crushing coin. Don't, uh, trust me, I've listened to <sighs> this game in the exhaustive detail. Never outsmart the DM. Crushing coin was you have you have crushing coin, <laughs> which is the. <laughs> Which is the equivalent of a spiritual weapon where you have to make a melee oh, you're attack. You're right, you're right. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it's the, um, sorry, it is the Toll the Dead, reskinning of Toll the Dead. Uh, I think you know someone. So it's the damage. Uh, who yeah. am I adventuring with? It's amateur hour. And how uh, much damage is that, necrotic damage? Oh, well, it's going to be, uh, it's, is it damaged? 
It seems to be damaged. In which case, it's going to be uh, 2d12. 2d12. Yeah. Which would be... Any time now? Yeah. 2 and 8. <laughs> In old Three school. Sixpence. 11 <laughs> points of damage. 11. Okay. Talking Imperial. Uh, Imperial damage. Uh, it's... Make a perception check. Yeah. It receives absolutely none of it. Uh... 15 plus um, 4 19 yeah you don't think it's as harmed by that as you would be as you would have expected okay okay that's the unkillable part Uh, it steps up to Cuthbert of course Um, and it will try and slam Cuthbert this thing is covered in these worms Cuthbert you don't know how easy it's going to be to avoid being wormed at some point Yes, I've heard that. Before. Not like a cat. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. have a worm placed upon you. Yes. Mm. Okay. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, first attack at disadvantage because you are dodging. Yep. Yes. Uh, the first roll is an armor class 14, which is not going to be enough. Yep. Um, and then the second attack... Uh, the first roll is a 17 so that is going to be enough but it's got to roll again because it's a disadvantage and it rolls a 16 oh dear armor class 22 yeah it is defeats you with green worms you take 7 points of bludgeoning damage yes and there's a worm on you this thing is like the size of a big chili or a small banana slug a big very big slug but it's a segmented it's like a witchetty it's like the witchetty grub yeah. from hell yeah uh, and we move on to uh, Parker so you're now 200 feet upstream yeah you can hear the sound of clearly some kind of struggle some sort of combat behind you sounds like the others are involved in a fight with something so you heard you heard a sound, a distant sound that sounded lighter, something moving through the undergrowth. When you first left the stream, yes, in pursuit of this louder sound, which was turns out to be the sound of this bugbear that the others are fighting. Yep. You decided to head back upstream, and you had a sound on either side of you. You picked the one heading back upstream. Yeah. You dashed, cast a long strider, and you dashed 50 feet, and then you rolled a perception check to see if you could hear where this thing was moving away from you, towards you, whatever. You rolled a one. Um... And you couldn't really tell anything about whether or not it was still moving, moving faster than you, moving slower than you, moving towards you or away from you. You decided at the next round to push on. Yeah. And you ran another 100 feet. Yes. Yeah. At which point uh, you rolled a perception check, which was half decent. And your sense is that this thing is still ahead of you and still moving away from you and is a smallish creature, something like a wolf or a fox. Nothing not really small like a rabbit. But it's pretty fast though. Yeah, it's moving pretty fast, yeah. Make a perception check. So I'll make a perception check. And I roll a natural 20. 20 okay, yeah, so you get a clear sense. This thing is definitely uh, moving ahead of you. You think you're not far now from the point about uh, halfway back to the road where you met the gap in the stream and you found those tracks that were set to deceive you. Yeah. Um, you think this thing is probably almost at that point ahead of you. Um, your sense is it's moving at about the same 
speed as you maybe a little bit slower you think that over a period of five or something i'm going to say parker doesn't think in rounds over the course of 30 seconds to a minute you'd be confident that you would catch it up right yeah so five rounds of movement maybe not quite that many because you'd probably be moving faster than it for a while but yeah your choice and again just for clarity so that there's no chance of confusion you don't think it's a humanoid you don't think it's anything as big as a human or a man or a bugbear you think it's something about you think it's something smaller okay i'll give up on that i'll turn around and come back the other way we probably need to do this combat so you're going to come back 100 feet yes. back towards things so you're another <laughs> so you're 150 feet away at the end of your round and we'll, at the end of your turn and we'll move on to cuthbert what would you like to do cuthbert you've got this thing it's on your side it seems to have found a little gap in your armor okay it looks like it's thinking about leaving the outside world rock grub mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean it's not miles off that kind of idea you get the sense that this thing is looking for an opening well you get the, sorry you get this sen- you get the sense that this thing has found an opening and is about to potentially exploit it what would you like to do well i think the thing is um this creature hasn't actually taken a turn in combat has it are you talking about the worm yes no the worm was sort of left on you when you were when you were punched by this thing Mm. so what i was thinking is i could disengage from the bugbear and then i could take an advantage to attack on the whatever this thing that's left on me is what using your to get the extra action how would you do that use your action surge i have my assassinate yeah but your assassinate is that when you attack something that has not yet moved moved you score an automatic critical hit that's all fine mm-hmm. but disengage is your action disengage yeah. is a bonus action so you use your canning cunning action to disengage mm-hmm. okay and then you use your move action to move away and then you use your action to kill the worm Yes. Okay. Do you want to do that? Yes. Fine. You kill the worm. Thank you. And I will move 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 south, and I will be... I mean, I suppose it's potentially possible that you could fuck the roll up. It's not an automatic hit, is it? You just attack at advantage. Yes, I just attack at advantage. No, we'll give it a shot, then. I mean, imagine. It could be funny if you were to miss (laughs) twice. (laughs) Yeah? All right, then. I roll... A 14. Oh, damn it. Okay, yeah, you kill it. <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. Um, and it is... Uh, we move round. It's Burple's turn. Well, Burple is going to do a lemony hut type thing. Burple's going to do a lemony hut type thing. Set up a little cafe. Yep. Sessions. Well, I, I mean, I guess the lemony... Can we do things from inside the lemony... You can move lemon- freely in and out of the hut. You can't cast spells through it, but it nothing can pass through it apart from. So where nine inches of medium size. Read us, read us, read us the spell, Dan. Let's get the whole. A ten foot radius, immobile uh, uh, dome of force springs into existence around and above you and remains stationary for the duration. The spell ends if you leave its area. Nine creatures of medium size or smaller can fit inside the dome. With in fact, why don't I just publish it? There you go. 
like that. So it doesn't really help us. The idea is that you're talking for the tape. Okay. I know you find the All other creatures. Uh, okay, so the spell files of this area includes a larger creature or more than nine creatures. Creatures and objects within the dome, when you cast this spell, can move through it freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, all other creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. Spells and other magical effects can extend through the dome or be cast through it. Can't, can't extend. Can't through extend through. Yeah. The atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry, regardless of the weather outside. Until the spell ends, you can you can command the interior to become dimly lit or dark. The dome is opaque from the outside of any color you choose. So I'm going to choose uh, a nice shade of uh, lilac, uh, but it is transparent from the inside, so we can see out. It can't see in. Got it. What a great spell. Sessions, you're in this thing. And I can step out of it freely and step back in. Is that correct? Correct. Oh, so I probably step out of it. Uh, Make a perception check, Sessions. I Perception check. Uh, uh, eight. Okay, so eight is not good enough. You can't find the Lemon's Tiny Hut anymore. You um, lost it. No, you step out of <laughs> Lemon's Tiny Hut. Lemon's Tiny Hut. Yep. Uh, and you look at the creature mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't seem to be wounded anymore hmm. Hmm. okay well um, fantastic I realise that and then I step back into the lemon's tiny hut and think about what to do next oh in fact well, I'll use my bonus action to summon my spiritual weapon the crushing coin can you give me a religion check religion you I didn't pay a lot of attention in in no, thirteen. Okay, I mean I don't know if religion is quite the skill, but we'll it's that's a wisdom religion check or is it an intelligence religion check? Uh, the point being that uh, this thing you get the sense session intelligence that this thing is a newly undead creature. I mean you kinda knew that anyway. Yep. And you think that it's degenerating um, becoming more undead becoming more undead and becoming more horrible every moment you look at it mm-hmm. does that mean more intelligent no it doesn't just mean more mean intelligent it more means, bad. It means more bad yeah, yeah it means okay. more n- nastier more revolting to comprehend more revolting to behold uh, just scarier and more horrible you, you just get the sense that perhaps you came across this thing as it was transforming yeah okay I'm just thinking about our our ability to get away. <laughs> That's all I'm. <laughs> this thing. Lemonsani hut lasts ste- eight hours. You yes. stepped out. You've had a look at this thing. You think a, it's no longer wounded after you did some necrotic damage on it, and b, did I? Do I think I healed it? No, 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 no. You, yes, it just. It, it, you felt like you wounded it with your spell, but not as much as you'd hoped, and then you. Uh, now notice that that w- that damage that you did before that that urn that you did before mm. oh, yeah. seems some urm. to have um, um, seems to have urm. It's lesser the urm seems, it to have seems to have unurmed itself. Yeah, yeah, lesser urm. Mm. I'm guessing urm is spelled U umlaut R M, which sounds like some sort of That's metal Urma, band. Isn't it? Yeah, or a town in Western Saxony. <laughs> <laughs> After which the concept of damage was named. Anyway. Um, oh, God. It's anyway. no longer ermed. Okay. I relay this information to the, the gents in the hut. That sounds... Not, you don't re- 
resume. There's no okay. gents in the hut. It's just a one single to say, area. You don't relate the situation <laughs> in the gents. Okay. Um, yes. But it's it. Mm-hmm. It's going to make a perception check and roll a very low one. It doesn't sense Parker crashing around nearby. It doesn't know what this dome is. It walks up to the dome, guys. Mm-hmm. It walks up to the dome. Purple sessions, whatever. And sort of sort of squishes itself up against it. It's looking in at you. Right? It's opaque from the outside. A, a fetching lilac. A fetching so lilac. Huh? it can't see you. It's sort of scrabbling at this thing. It doesn't really understand what it's dealing with. And I think that's all for it. So we will move on to Parker. Uh, Parker, you're 100 feet away. I hand wave that thought. Okay. As in, we discussed how far you'd moved, but I think you're 100 feet away at this point. So you could move, move with your long strider and be back in the game. In fact, you might be able to make it, I'm reckoning, back into the Lemons lemons Tiny Hut, should you so wish. I thought I can't get into the Tiny Hut because I wasn't in the hut. hut. Oh, shit. It's just him and it. What do you want to do, Parker? Well, what I will do is I will move... 50 foot mm-hmm. and I will do a produce flame yeah. and rub it at it. I assume if I move 50 foot I can see it. Gonna... Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, you can see it perfectly well. What's the range of your produce flame? Yeah, I'm just trying to have a look at that. Mm-hmm. It can also see you. Yeah, Dear but I'm point. guessing it can't move 50 foot. Well, it moves oh, 30 no. foot, so it can move, move. No, range of produce flame is 30 foot. So I can't. Well, well, let's just say you've moved 50 feet and then you're making a decision. Would you like to cast Produce Flame or would you like to move again or you can do whatever you want to do? No, I will throw a dart at it. Uh, what? You're going to throw a dart? Yes. Oh dear, that sounds like the uh, strategy of a desperate man. So, well, so when if I move up to 50 feet, can it, does it see me? Yeah. Well, it can see you should it look in your direction. Yeah. And you're no, 50 feet away, of course it can see you. I want to distract it, basically. Okay, so what does that entail? So catch, so basically is a, uh, a roll to attack with a dart, ranged attack, um, rolling a nine. Um, hitting armor class. Hitting armor class 14. Is a, come on, miss. Is a miss. Well, it's wearing armor. This bugbear was wearing armor. I mean, it's this some kind of zombie undead horror, yeah. but it's still wearing the armor it was wearing. So you throw your dart at it and miss. Yeah. Is that it? Yes. Um, hoping that at this point it will actually notice that. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, it's certainly its head. I mean, I could have stood round. there and flailed my arms and you know. Yeah, no, it, its head, head whips round as yeah. you uh, pitch a dart at it and miss. It, it sees where the flight has come from, so it, it notices you certainly, and its cuthbert's go. You're inside Lemon's tiny hut, cuthbert. Well, I'm just gonna, you know, hunker down. See. Okay, you doing Hi, nothing. Purple. Doing nothing. Purple, what do you want to do? I'm going to. I can't step out because then the thing will come down. So I will say to Sessions, tell Lucas or tell Parker to get the hell out of here. We'll meet him back at the road. We're going to wait this thing out. Understood. Um, Sessions, what do you want to do? Are you going to follow the instruction? I'm going to follow the instruction. I'm going to step out of the um, teeny hut. I will relay... Don't call it a teeny hut. It's a tiny hut. Tiny hut. I, I will relay the instruction to... Um, Purple's very size sensitive. Yeah, he's very... Parker. Yeah. Um, 
and then how big I'm, it is it's how big it gets, purple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to invoke the uh, the power of misfortune and try and turn it. Oh, hello. Okay. Oh, how does that yeah. work? It needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Yes. Uh, DC 14 or run away for a minute. Okay, fine. And so we have the purse, yeah. Uh, yes, you have the purse. We have yes. the purse. Yeah. You I will look in the purse. Well, it's too late. Uh, right. Free action. Look in the purse. You really want to look in the purse? You sure? What uh, condition do you apply to this thing if you turn it? Um, I don't think you do apply. It's channel divinity. Turn undead. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, one second. I'm just going to have a quick look at it. It doesn't name a condition. It just names the requirement that it runs away. Fine. It doesn't say the creature is frightened or the creature is. No. You see what I'm saying? Turn right, creature. Okay. Yeah, no, it doesn't. As an action, you present your holy symbol to speak a prayer, censuring the undead. Each undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. It is turned for one minute, must spend its turns. Can't willingly, blah, blah, blah. Fine. Okay, so it's going to make a wisdom save. Sorry, what was the DC? 14. DC 14. Wisdom save, it rolls a 10 for a total of 12 and fails that save. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't use its reaction. Yeah, I think he has to. In the unlikely event that its heart is challenge rating is half or less. No. Okay, so it's not destroyed. Yeah. Okay. Uh... No, you can't take reactions. You wait until it's action, and then it'll do something. But not now. Okay, it's now its action, though. So it, it's turn. So it will now run away. It heads off into the thicket. So we could run the other way. Yeah, you could run the other way. Well, it's Parker's turn. Parker, what would you like to do? You've, you've piled up. You threw a dart at this thing. It seems to have terrified it. <laughs> no. Uh, you threw a dart at this thing and missed. It noticed you. Yeah. But then Sessions ran out, shouted at you to run, Charlie, run, to run back up the thing and away. Yes? Mm-hmm. Um, because they were going to join you later. But then, un- but then surprisingly, Sessions then raised, uh, uh, lifted his holy symbol, his uh, coin of misfortune, brandished it in the face of this thing, uttered some some sort of kind of religious whatever claptrap you're not really sure and this thing is this high-tailed it off into the forest nice well right what do you want to do parker well i'll go up back up to the lads go back up to the lads okay football lads right lads um and it's cuthbert's turn i mean are you heading oh this thing is going to keep running away we're heading, heading back up we're heading back up okay so off you so you crash back up to well sorry so you um trek back up the stream this thing's going to run for a minute by the time uh it by the time the effect of sessions turning power has worn off it won't know where you are and you don't get the sense that this thing was particularly intelligent yes it was just kind of reacting to its circumstances you follow the trail back up you follow the stream back up you never see any trace of the um the small, fast-moving creature that Parker was chasing after. But you do detect that very nasty, sweet, decay scent a couple of times as you work your way back to the trail. And then you're back at the uh, at the trail. You, but you're back at the point where the trail intersects the stream, where you found the clementine and when you find the tracks. Uh, what are What's you in do? the pouch? Uh, are you having a look in the pouch? Yeah. Pouch has got three gems in it. Uh, yeah, I'm rich. Uh, the pouch has got three <laughs> good try gems in it. They are diamonds. 
Oh, three resurrection stones. <laughs> um, the yeah. Um, how has anybody got any kind of relevant skills in terms of appraisal? Yeah, of course. Um, um, what skill do we need? I think we're looking at an intelligence check. Mm. A straight intelligence check is, I think, what we're looking at. Straight uh, intelligence check. Why not? They seem to be gems of equal size and cut, and therefore value. <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> I got a fifteen. Oh, I got a fifteen as well. Okay, difficult to be absolutely definitive, but you think they are worth easily five thousand gold pieces each, probably more. Oh. I, I look at uh, I look at um, purple and say these are worth, wouldn't you say, about a uh, hundred gold pieces each? <laughs> hundred gold pieces each. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have one. I'll have one. One. Yeah. Cuthbert and uh, I. I uh, look Parker at Parker can share the other one. I look at you both and go, is this your money? This is my money, yeah. Yeah, because obviously I managed to get it. A great personal risk. You're standing having this conversation, I presume, at the the point where the stream meets the trail. Where are you going? We're going to walk down that that trail. As you're walking down the trail. So you're not worrying about your equipment and stuff that was back at the farmhouse? Um... What uh, I mean, you haven't really got much there. It's all your, it's kind of dunnage. It's not your, your weapons, your armor, um, all of that stuff is off, I would imagine, on you. We're talking about your pack ponies, your camping equipment, all some of supplies. The stuff that well, we're guessing that Hesty Testapod has taken it all with him. Yes, you'd be, you'd be, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know that you see the track of two or three pack ponies maximum. How many pack ponies the, were there? Well, there was one each for you all to ride, and then there was two or three to carry the dunnage. So, well, I mean, that's not so. How far back? How far back to the to the house? Well, you th- is it? you think it, you're not sure because you don't know how far it is back along the trail. Mm-hmm. You can infer from the fact that it looked like they beat you to this point. They must have set off after you. That it's quicker to go back via the trail than to follow the stream up the way you did. Although you were moving kind of at half speed in rules terms because you were making survival checks. Yep. We'll, we'll take the uh, back, back to the house. Okay, I mean, yeah. you think it's going to take you, it's probably going to add about three hours in total to get back to the house, pick your stuff up, and then follow on. We'll do that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I mean, you make sure okay. that it was them. That let's do it. Yeah, so you follow the... Are you going to follow <clears throat> back up the stream or follow back up the trail? The trail. Oh, the trail. trail. Okay, so that's a pretty speedy... Let me just check the distances for you to make sure that I get this right. Uh, it takes you um, 45 minutes to get back to the house. Yep. yep. Um, so it takes you an hour and a half to make a round trip back to the Garm farm. When you get back to the Garm farm, it's deserted. Bugraft and Hesty aren't there. Your Some of your pack ponies are there with some of your dunnage. They've been tied up. Um, at, there's no note or anything. The hearth spirit has sort of dwindled in the hearth in the house. It, you can still get the sort of, you can still sense its presence. I have felt your presence, but it's not, it's not blazing away like it was when Hesty was tending the fire. Um, and then it takes you uh, about another forty-five minutes uh, to get back to where you were. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, you can follow the trail. As you follow the trail, sitting on your little ponies, uh, my little ponies, no, your little ponies. Um, you can uh, look at these gems. Session. Who's looking at them? Well, I am. I've got purple sessions. All of you. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, toss one over to session. Yeah. 
Well, Sessions, I think really we're talking about Sessions and Burple here. Can they make... Uh, and, no, no, to be fair, Sessions, Burple and Parker, can they make Arcana checks? Uh, Arcana? Mm-hmm. Oh, and a three. True to form. Twelve. Okay. Nine. Mm-hmm. Something about these gems, but can't really work out what's going on. Mm, that makes me nervous. It's like I'm getting something off the... You know, it's just like a sort of faint kind of sort of magical you know you haven't got detect magic running or anything that formal or anything that kind of definitive but there's something about the gems that kind of gives you pause you're like tossing them to each other it's like sessions what do you think it's like something but no i can't no and parker doesn't get anything has anyone got detect magic as a cantrip it's not a cantrip it's a first level spell anyone got it for free no it's not free it's never free all right, I'll cast a tech magic. Oh, it's a ritual, though. Sorry, you, we cast it. Oh, as it a is ritual. a ritual. Yeah, so we cast it as a ritual. Um, detect magic. Okay, let me just tell you what that. Um, They're fakes, aren't they? Determines. Uh, no, uh, Burple. That is not um, what you uh, determine. The gems are genuine, and they are. Uh, they seem to be of the value that you first sort of determined, yes? Um, But they are magical and uh, they are bearing an aura of divination. So someone's tracking them. Yeah. Are you sure these are your gems? Mm -hmm. I think, actually, Burple, now that you have cast a tech magic and you're looking, can you give me an arcana check? (laughs) <laughs> two natural one tonight. okay no fine hey so someone someone's tracking these these things where did they come from well they came undead from undead monster before that we they don't came know from another, who knows they're an undead monster the treasure mm, they were part of a deal that went that's supposition they're, they're, they're part of a deal from in order to trade Calamanthus. Anyway, so, uh, as I keep saying, do you know whose gems you are talking about? Yeah, mine. Okay. Ours. Um, I'll leave you to have a think about those gems. Um, uh, There's clearly some kind of divination magic uh, aura on those gems. And Burple, with your detect magic spell, you hold them up to the light, you're concentrating on them. Kind of the sense that there's something else to be kind of discovered uh, to be gleaned about them, but you can't work it out. Uh, I'll tell that to, uh, to Session. I have. Shall I try to go at the old detect magic? You're, you're more you than welcome to. About these okay, I also will cast it as a ritual spell as we plod along. Okay. Um, and uh, well, they radiate divination magic, but you're also. Uh, um, you can make an arcana check as you inspect them. I have clicked the button, but nothing's happening. Oh, here it comes. Well, I'm <laughs> twice as good as you with a four. Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> uh, Sessions, you're peering at these things. You hold them up to the light. Uh, there's just a sense there. You know, like when a gemologist or whatever, a diamond cutter, looks at a gem through like an eyepiece or yeah. under a, an intense light and they're looking for flaws or occlusions, yeah? Mm-hmm. You just briefly just get the sense that there's something magical, some kind of something in there, and you kind of try and you know get what, your Mike, I might head around a little it bit of luck it, on this and have another go. 
Well, yeah, you think, okay, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll call on misfortune. You know, there's something there. I can't, I don't feel I really got my head around that. I need a bit of help. Yep. I get natural 20. Uh, Well, and so, so it's, you summon, you, you kind of reach out with your mind for the blessing of misfortune. And she uh, guides your eye to the heart of the gem that you're holding up. And suddenly, as clear as anything, crisp and sharp, you see somehow held within the body of the diamond that you're holding. I mean, it's a big diamond. It's about, it's the size of a D12, something like that. Yeah, it's a chunky little fucker. It's a chunky thing. You see the telltale crisp three-pointed flame symbol of the House of Outspinter. Come on, Paul, give us some background. <laughs> You're being very coy. I'm, no, I'm not being coy at all. That just indicates its provenance. It doesn't mean doesn't mean it's not going to be spent. It doesn't what, necessarily what happens... tell you all that much that you didn't know already. Yeah. yeah. But what happens when... It's like laser etching of a diamond. So are they going to then go back uh, No, they've done uh, the deal? You've got a 20-something um, sessions, right? I've got a 20. <laughs> okay, so... Exactly a 20. <laughs> you, you think that this mark is something is bound up with a divination aura? It's not just an independent sort of marking. It's not, it's not something that's like a hallmark that denotes ownership. It is bound up with whatever divination aura that these so, gems are carrying. Paul, from what you know... Let's catch up with Hesty Testapod. He's probably yeah. cleverer yes. than us. But Paul, you never think about this. That's why I'm saying, Paul, maybe your family Paul, knew something about the process... Are these bad people? I think you should be talking to people off. You should be talking to Cuthbert, not Paul. Cuthbert, that's what I'm saying. Cuthbert, what happens with these things? Does the divination get removed at some point? So Cuthbert just kind of looks at you and goes, they they belong to my grandmother. Do you want to mess with that? Yeah, but what does that mean? I didn't didn't know know anything about these, but they, they, they belong to my grandmother. Well, they don't if she spent it. If she'd done a deal for Calamanthus. But she she's, hasn't she's spent it. She's still claiming. But she has spent it. No, but she hasn't because she hasn't got the Calamanthus. Well, she may, maybe she was in possession of the Calamanthus and it got burnt. That's my question. What happens well, that's to your these, choice. No, no, but what happens to these these diamonds once they're spent? Does, does the does the the magic magical aura remain? I've I've no idea. I didn't know this deal was happening. I knew nothing about it. Yeah, but you know about the markers that they put on the gems. No, I don't. No, all I'm just saying is that if you've told me it's got the markers of my family on it, and I'm just like they belong to my grandmother. Belonged in the in the past. Well, they, does they she belonged. still claim to right to to? Well, unless the deal is done. Ownership. Unless the deal is done. And the deal hasn't been done, evidently. How do you know the deal hasn't been done? Well, I, I mean, I mean, we, well, what, we don't know we, that the deal wasn't done. From what we saw, could be the uh, outsplinters burnt the calamanthus. Well, we, I don't know anything about this. I'm just saying well, the, that the calamanthus you know, got burnt after the deal was done. It's something. Look, I'm just saying. Uh, all I'm saying is that you can you can make make it up as you want. You can say what you like. It's, this it's not how you think mic. about it. This divination, Mike, what is it? Does it enable just tracking or does it enable clairvoyance or what? You don't know. You don't know what the spell is. Um, let me have a look at Detect Magic, but I don't necessarily, I don't think that as a right you see 
you learn the school of magic. That's all you can learn with a detect magic spell. You don't know what the spell is. <sighs> Whilst Cuthbert is not a high-level member of the clan, he kind of knows he's still the impact. Family. He'll know bits. Yeah. Why don't we give Cuthbert the impact? And he, what he's Paul, what he's saying, I think hold on Cuthbert. Let's get well. Cuthbert, I think, can maybe make an intelligence check. Let's see if there's a chance. There's a chance that Cuthbert that this resonates with Cuthbert. I think this is reasonable. Yes. Okay. Yes. There is always a chance that something that Cuthbert has picked up during his upbringing means that when this comes up, he has something yeah. to contribute. A deal that's been done in this way before, or something. Can he? Was a can he make a wisdom check with an intelligence check? No, he's going to make an intelligence check because <laughs> that's minus one. Okay. Well, that's the problem with being Cuthbert. Okay. Uh, and he makes the no one. <laughs> He doesn't. <laughs> wasn't paying attention at any point. So it's not something one. that Cuthbert has encountered or heard anything about before. Okay. But I think the thing is, is that he can't. What he's saying is that what you've got is these things which evidently belonged to my grandmother, and I know what my grandmother's like. Yeah. So the yeah. worst so, worst case scenario is there's a big finder's fee for recovering them. Well, or. Or the, there's no no the, the worst case scenario is you get hunted down and killed. That's the worst case scenario. I prefer my view on the world. Yeah, the worst case scenario is you get hunted down and killed. The best case scenario is um, you get beaten up and these things get taken off you. That's that's his view on it. Unless we sell them. If anybody will take them off you. Well, I'm saying that's why the markings are. Yeah. I mean, what we. So I think on the markings, um, I don't know if this. I don't know if I was clear enough or Lucas, perhaps you were concentrating on something else. The markings are not markings on the gems. The I markings know. are a product of the divination spell that is cast on the gem. Yes. And what, so what I'm guessing is if you were, if you had no magical detection, my understanding is that's perfectly possible. Yes. You wouldn't have noticed these. Yes. There's no way they're you would like have seen a, the mark. like a hidden yeah. watermark. That's what I'm There's absolutely no way that you, you, an arcana check that you were, that you made when you first inspected them without any spell assistance told you that there was something to look for, but it wasn't until you cast a detect magic that you even got a chance to see the markings yeah. and had any sense of what the, uh, of the magical aura around them. Yeah. Dispel so, magic. I, might, might work. I was thinking exactly the same thought. <laughs> Let's see. An unwitting monk who is basically thinking he's doing the deal of his life only to discover that either he's being traced or when he goes to try and sell them that somebody then can actually, who has does have magical ability, is knows this, where did, these gems come that's from. That's one way of looking at Hold it. On. Yes. Hold on. My... Does the, Paul, uh, Paul Cuthbert, does, is this how your grandmother operates? She'll just basically pay, do the deal and then go and recover both both sides? Is this um, what she's like? My grandmother would have nothing to do with that. So what, my, what does that mean? It, so, so she wouldn't, she wouldn't kind of deliberately set something up so that she could, she could not. renege on a deal. So absolutely she's not. she's she's straight dealing. But okay, fine. So we can possibly make the assumption that these two splinters who we found dead at the hut were working in some kind of clandestine way. In clandestine. Yeah. Clandestine. So new word. Uh, so uh, sorry. Yes. So your your many questions about these gems have they been marked by the Outsplinter family so that they could be retrieved if a deal was to go bad or if they were to feel that they had been uh, double crossed in any way? Who knows? 
but you carry on the trail uh, in pursuit of Hesty and Bugraft. And the trail runs east and south. It's always dropping. And the pine forest gives way to birch and oak. And all the while, the drizzle falls from a low, miserable sky. And after you've been walking for about an hour, you round the flank of a hill and you get your first sight of the mist marsh. It's a dismal expanse of swamp and moss banks broken by creeks and pools that stretch off to the south where it's sludgy, uh, it's kind of sludgy grey mass and it just merges with the cloud at the horizon and makes it indistinct. You can not really sort of tell where the swamp ends, where the marsh ends and the, and the sky begins. And there are ribbons of dense fog uh, that break up the view. Here and there you can see kind of stands of uh, mangaroo trees, which you know are the sort of twisted kind of dense uh, trees that populate this kind of area. The occasional sort of sickly willow tree and you hear strange distant croaks and cries. Uh, you see winged things flapping half-heartedly between the banks of mist. Uh, the trail turns east and skirts the foothills, climbing and dropping through crests and hollows, and it is as you descend into one such low, soggy valley that you see a couple of pack ponies. They've been left to graze. One of them seems to be Hesty Testapods because the, of the gear on it, though much has been stripped, and the other one is Bugrafts. Yep. Uh, you can just detect the scent of smoke on the air and the number of flies buzzing around you has risen markedly uh, in the last few minutes. And over the rise ahead of you, you can hear distant cries and you can hear shouts. And as you cautiously crest the rise, you can see Blackwall Keep ahead of you. It's a kind of low stone structure uh, and it looks like it's built into the top of the hill uh, in a sort of like the hill has been built up. The top of the hill has been built up around it. Yes, like a sort of squat, uh, muscular structure, defensive structure. But it has a tower and that tower looms over the surrounding terrain. Uh, there's a main door uh, to the keep, and that looks like it's been damaged. It looks like it's been damaged and repaired. And the ground all around Blackwall Keep is dotted with defensive stakes, like pointing outwards, uh, driven into the ground. Uh, as you kind of crest the rise, you can see that surrounding the keep, uh, taking cover uh, in hollows or behind stands of kind of vegetation or trees, there are bands of lizard folk. There might be 60 or 70 lizard folk in total, and they look like they're preparing for an assault. Maybe, <laughs> from, the, from the appearance of things, another assault. And just below you, on the slope, tucked into the hollow of a great oak, you see Hesty Testapod and Bugraft, who, noticing you, has raised a silencing finger to his lips. At their feet, there's an arrow with a rolled-up slip of parchment. And Hesty has just pulled something from his pack. It looks like he's freed a lot of his baggage from his pony. Yes, and he's kind of lugged it up with him. And what he's pulled from his pack is, it looks like a scroll. And as you're taking in the scene, he unfurls that scroll. He reaches out one hand and touches his baggage, specifically the chest where you know he keeps his spell books and his precious items. Then he mutters something and he disappears. And we'll pick it up next time. Oh, you bugger. It's a bit so invisibility. The Billowing 
Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. Encounter at Blackwall Keep and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. Encounter at Blackwall Keep was written by Sean K. Reynolds. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. Thank you.